0: This morning's scripture reading will come from John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. That's John 13, verses 34 and 35. If you're uh, reading from your pew Bible, that is on page 955. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, I will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one another. Thank you. Wow. Good morning. So thankful to look out and see you today. Thankful to have this great opportunity to worship together. I want to thank this congregation for last Sunday afternoon. There was a baby tea. Evidently, there was a baby and a tea, but there was neither one at the at the thing, I don't think I think the afternoon baby shower. I, I'm not sure about all the terminology. I just know I'm thankful for you, and this is a picture of us trying to get everything home. It was a, <laughs> yeah. I actually, had to back up that truck and load it up to get it there. I'm so thankful and overwhelmed, and we are still going through everything, and uh, just thankful for your love that is shown to uh, to my wife and I and our baby that is on the way. He is going to be a very blessed child, not only to have the mom he's going to have, but to have this church as his family. I, I do find it interesting, as I went through the gifts, there was a gift for me. Uh, the, this one wasn't there. <laughs> if you hadn't got anything yet, can I just tell you, one of those would be nice. My baby boy, I love the wind going through his hair, if he has any. And we, we can be out on the lake, and it would be nice. But uh, someone who I know who it is, uh, thought it would be sweet to get me earplugs. I guess so I could sleep through the night and not be woken up by the baby. And I just have a question, are you trying to get me killed? <laughs> or worse. <laughs> or maimed or something. Uh, I have a feeling that Brianna may take these and use them on Sunday mornings. Uh, and uh, we'd rather that not happen. But with all seriousness, thank you. You've shown us love and kindness, and I am greatly appreciative of, of that that you have shown us and thankful for this blessed day. This morning as we uh, uh, go to God in prayer, I want to remember Stan Mitchell. Stan Mitchell is a teacher at Freed Harm University He had a heart attack this past Friday. He is a person who is very well loved by the students and by those who teach with him, and uh, he's still in the hospital, and we want to pray for him. Let's go to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, you are great, and you are mighty, and you are awesome, and you are compassionate. God, we ask you today to be with Brother Stan and pray that you will bless him. Lord, we ask you today that you will heal him and take care of he and his family. Lord, help us today to look at your word and help us to live based on what we see there. And may it be something that affects our lives and pulls us closer to you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. This past week was Valentine's Day. If I just reminded you of that, you're probably in trouble, okay? The last, this past week, was Valentine's Day, and it is a day that many people associate with love and doing kind things for one another. As happy as it is a day for some, it is a day of sadness for others. It is an emotional day. There are some. Who've lost their Valentine and, and they are very sad. There's some who wish they had one and it is something that can be tough. It is a day many times that, that we have that is a day that, that stirs up emotions. A day that can make a heart full or for some can break a heart. Isn't it amazing that our heart can be touched and even broken? Period. Something that we know the the physical heart is what is in us. It is a blood-pumping mechanism that God put in us, but also that we feel and we are touched by things that we see. Now, advertisers know this, and not only that, people who do commercials know this because there's things they want us to do, and many times the best way to do that is to touch our emotions, hoping that we will act based on those emotions. The first commercial I remember this way as a kid uh, was the uh, Christian Children's Fund Sally Struthers commercial it had all these children who were hungry and who were struggling and and she would ask for for people to help and commit so much a day they're, that that organization is still going and still has commercials and and you see that why because there are hungry children what is it that causes you to want to do something to make a difference that brings an emotional response. Uh, I, I like this, uh, ma'am. Hi, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. I'm going to make you cry. You know, uh, you find yourself listening to her singing "The Arms of the Angel" while looking at a cat. I've never done that. I'm going to be honest with you. Not in my top twelve. It's just not going to happen. But some of y'all are sitting there. You don't even know that cat, but you're crying. You know why? Because there's something about animals that, that touches you. And, and some of us, we, we look at the, the the reuniting. Sometimes they're commercials. Sometimes videos where a soldiers reunited with, his, reunited with his family, and it's incredible. You find yourself tearing up and, and moved, and, and after living in Kentucky for 12 years, there's a, there's a clip that shows every year over the next couple of weeks, and it brings about great emotions there, too. I'm sorry, Haley. I, I know that. Uh, you're riding off a high from last night. Let's celebrate that. But it's funny that just seeing something can change our emotions, can can turn us. And and it is something that if you ever showed this in Kentucky, you would hear little old ladies tell you how he shouldn't have been in the game. He should have been kicked out. They've got the whole speech ready. It is something that bothers them when they see it. But we are creatures who are God-made in a way that we can be touched emotionally. That That whatever it is that we see, that if we see a child... That we feel may have been mistreated. If, if we see a child that is going through cancer or we know an adult's going through cancer, if we see bullying, if we see someone that it may be struggling with loneliness or maybe Alzheimer's, whatever, and, and we see someone who's suffering, it makes us and sometimes we want to do something about it. And sometimes it just stirs up feelings and we sit there hopelessly. Again, what do we do for feeding children that are across the world for hungry children who need food? See, it's amazing that sometimes our sadness that we feel for them gets mixed with anger because we feel like what? That that things shouldn't be this way, that in a perfect world they wouldn't be this way and had Adam and Eve not sinned, it wouldn't have been that way. And we are going to a place where it will not be that way, but here while we are on earth, there will be things that need to be done and God has chosen his people to make that difference. What do we call it when, when, when our heart is broken, but also there's anger and wanting to do something about it? I, I, I like what one author called it. He called it holy discontent. He said that's when you know something ought to be done and you've decided you're not going to rest till you do something to alleviate whatever pain that is. And it may not be that you can do something to feed an entire country or an entire neighborhood, but you can do something for one. That holy discontent, that you want to do something. That drive inside us is called compassion. Jesus was a person of compassion and he put that in us. Compassion is defined as a, as a feeling of deep sorrow for, for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate that suffering. That is what we have and the ability to be compassionate toward other people. That's that feeling we have to make a difference. When you, when you think about that, you'll see it in the Bible. You'll see sometimes it says to pity or to show mercy. See, the word compassion is two words put together. It, it is passion means to suffering and that, that co part is to suffer alongside of someone. It's the ability to feel what someone else is feeling. And to be able to go through that with them and at times just to wrap your arm around them and suffer along with them. And at times do what we can to make a difference. When we think about the, the things that happened before, when, when I showed those pictures of hungry and I showed those pictures of people who have great needs, we realize that our world needs a great amount of love. And And the thing is that love should come from us. As we had the scripture reading read earlier, and I'm thankful for that being read. We read John 13, verses 35 and 36. We're in the middle of Jesus telling his disciples that he is going away, that he is going somewhere. They cannot come right now. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I loved you, you are also to do what? To love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have this love for one another. When I read this, the part that really messes me up is go. a new commandment. I'm going, he said before to love people. To love your neighbor as yourself is not a New Testament concept. That's something we read last week in Leviticus. What is he talking about here? Say so again, we, we have read this, to, to love our neighbor as ourself. What is the difference? What makes this command different than the other things Jesus or God has said in the past? See, at times in the Bible, we read the word new, and it means... it's. It, The word there is chronos, you know, like time, new in time. But sometimes that word new is like new in quality. No, new and improved. And that's what we say. I'm going to give you something that's new in quality. I'm going to change the level of how you're supposed to love someone. Don't just love your neighbor as yourself. Love people the way what? The way I love you. Husbands have heard this before because we're told in Ephesians to do what? To love our wives as Christ loved the church. Guess what? We are all to love one another as Christ loves us. What an incredible challenge. It's an unmatchable challenge to love as much as Christ loved, but it lets us see how much he wants us to love others and the difference that we are to make through doing this. And if I'm going to love as Christ did, then I have to know the way he loved, and I have to be willing to look at that. And if you will, open your Bibles to to Matthew chapter 9. I want us to look at the way Jesus showed compassion on this earth and the love that he showed others. And, And through this challenge of loving one another the way he has loved us, let us see the way he truly loved us. In Matthew chapter 9, we are told, it said, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. What did Jesus spend his time on earth doing? He preached. He preached the good news of the kingdom. What does that mean? The Savior's here. The kingdom is here. I'm here to establish my church, the one who you have heard about forever. It's finally come the answer to Genesis three fifteen is here. The Messiah has come. I want you to know that He is here, and I am Him. And it says that as He went through, He healed all different kinds of diseases. Why? Because when He looked at them, He had compassion on them. He suffered alongside of them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a, he- a shepherd. Who is harassing them? It's the devil. That's who's doing the harassing. There's not someone as Jesus is walking, just walking around beating the people and mistreating them. He realized they are harassed with it like a sheep without a shepherd. It are those uh, who are in Jewish power who are lording over them, who, who are pointing them away. And as the Romans. All these people are leading them away from Christ. He says, I see them, I have compassion on them, and I want to make a difference. In their lives, and the difference they make. Number one is preaching. They need to know that there is hope. They need to know that Jesus is their only hope, and they need to be pointed toward Him. But also, He spent His life doing what? Miracles. See, when I think of some of the miracles that Jesus, so I can think about Him turning water into wine. I can, and uh, at the wedding in Cana. I can think about him feeding the 5,000 and the 4,000. As he went around, if we were to list all the healings, it would be incredible to go through. Those who were lame who could now walk, blind to now see. Those who were leprous who were now cleansed. And we think about Jesus doing what? Casting demons out of people. Jesus went around and he looked at them with compassion. Jesus didn't have a quota of people to heal every day. Anybody in here ever got a ticket? I'm not going to offer an invitation about that. Has anybody here ever got a ticket? Have you ever felt like you were just a quota? Because I don't know why it happens closer to the end of the month. We we don't know why that happens. Yes, we do, okay? Uh, but, but we look at that at times, and we think, hey, they, they've got a job to do. Their job is to keep everything safer. They're going to write tickets. That is their job, and they have to get so many. And and the thing is, I don't know about you, but when the person comes up to to my window, I have a story ready. Do you have a story ready? It's not the same story. That would be dishonest. It is a story for whatever situation I'm in. Not that it happens a lot, Okay? But I would like compassion. When I was a student at Freed Hardeman, I was I was driving home to to Germantown, and I'd drive Highway 100 to get get there, and and you would go through Chickasaw State Park, and and as you were going through there, uh, if you got behind somebody slow like a tractor, you're stuck. And so you didn't want to be behind somebody slow. And as I passed someone, as I was in the passing lane, uh, I saw in the distance a car coming and the lights went on. And I pulled over uh, because that's, after I saw him do a U turn, I figured by context clues, that's what I was supposed to do. I figured he was coming for me and he was. And I pulled over and he came up and asked how fast I was going and and I asked him if he knew how fast I was going. Just kidding. Because if he didn't, I could go on, right? Um, Actually, he came up and uh, he said, son, you were going this fast in the 55. I said, I was passing someone. He said, son, do you know the speed limit's the same in both lanes? (laughs) I hadn't finished college yet. I hadn't been taught that, I guess. I guess. I needed compassion, he gave me the letter of the law, that's what he gave me, and I was thankful, went to, uh, met the judge, he was great, Uh, he explained to me how much my insurance would go up, and uh, we we, we had a really good day that day, it could have been much worse. But see, I, I, I wanted him to act out of compassion, and the thing was, he let me know that wasn't his job, it's the judge's job to give compassion. You realize Jesus didn't go through and said, I'll just heal that person, I'll heal that that person. Jesus healed people because he hurt for them. He put himself in their place. He hurt for them. He hurt for the ones who were struggling with loneliness. He hurt with the ones who were demon-possessed. He hurt with the ones who didn't have food. He was a what? Man of sorrows acquainted with grief, Isaiah 53 says. He could identify with them, so we healed them. See, what is it all these miracles have in common? What have in common is they come out of a sense of compassion. Like how do water and wine come out of a sense of compassion? Can you imagine putting on a wedding for your children and running out of food? The embarrassment that would be there. You look through and, and he looked out and saw what? People who were hungry, who had been following him, who had not eaten. That sense of compassion to feed through the people who needed to be healed, that sense of compassion, the on ones who were demon possessed. And Jesus is the only one that can help them. And Jesus looked at them with compassion, and he made a difference in their lives. See, if you look through his miracles, don't just look at it and go, Well, Jesus could do anything. Look at the different people he reached and look at what they were suffering. When he heals the leper in Luke chapter 1, verse 40, one of the coolest things in that is it said he touched him. You know what you couldn't do to lepers? Touch them. Why? Because you could get leprosy. You would be considered unclean. If there's something somebody with leprosy desperately needed, it, it, it besides healing, it was some type of touch. Why? Because people were forbidden for touch, from touching them. Today, I'm going to guess many of you have shaken shaken someone's hand. You may have uh, been patted on the back. You may have hugged someone, and there's something powerful about touch. Can you imagine having a disease where you can't touch anybody, and they can't touch you? Why? Because it's against the law. What you would need so much is for that touch, and that is what Jesus does, and he does what? He heals him, takes the leprosy away. He said he had pity on him. Jesus knew what it would be like later in his life for people not to want to associate with him. What Everybody denied him and left. He was alone. Jesus comes up on a funeral procession, the, the widow of Nain in Luke chapter 7 verse 11. And he does what? He, he raises the lady's son. not much long after this, that Jesus will do what? Jesus will die and his mother will be there. Jesus understands. Jesus, out of compassion and hurt and understanding, raises this son from the dead for his mother. He looks at the blind men in, in pity. Why? Because that. what can they do? Their life will be spent begging. He looks at them. And and he puts himself in in their situation in pity. It hurt him. He suffered alongside of them. He looked at the 5,000 and what? And fed them. Do you realize Jesus was going by himself to be alone by himself? He wanted some time away. And the people kept following him. Why? Because they wanted to be healed. And instead of Jesus focusing on his own needs to say, I need some time alone, I need some time to pray, I need some time to be by by myself with my father, what did he do? He had compassion and fed them. See, in Luke 19.10, we learn why he came. He says, I came to do what? Seek and save lost people. Why did he do that? Compassion. We'll study this at a later time. Don't ever miss where this verse is located. It's right after the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus shows the people, hey, if I can save him and be compassionate toward the kind of sinner who's a tax collector, I can be compassionate and save you. See, Jesus' life was a life of someone who was moved with compassion. And that's what the verse, they were moved with pity. It wasn't that he was just touched. It wasn't that he was just broken hearted. It wasn't that he just hurt for someone. When he saw that someone was hurting, he made an effort to do something about it. And go back and look at the verse again, where he says in Matthew 9, 35, (coughs) excuse me, he went through all the towns and villages doing what? Teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he found he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. See, that's not where this ends. And what does he say to his disciples who are with him? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And the Lord of the harvest therefore send out workers into his harvest field. What happens? He says, I need you to go out. See, Jesus said, one person can only do so much even if he is the Son of God. One person can only do so much. He needs this world is filled with people who are hurting, filled with people who are lost, filled with people who desperately need love. They desperately need Jesus. They need to know that someone loves and cares for them. They need to be pointed toward God. He said, this is great, he said, but it's not just about Jesus doing it. It's about all of us looking and realizing what needs to be done in this world and being moved with that compassion to make a difference. What does this mean to us? It doesn't take long to look around and to see that there are many people in this world who need Jesus this is guess, uh, just a map of Wilson County and the surrounding areas and it doesn't take long to realize that, that this area is filled with lost and hurting people now it may not look at like it today when you're at lunch you may look at another table and and, and uh, have somebody that is dressed as nicely as you are and and they already may say I don't think they're lost or hurting And you never know who you may see out. Last Sunday, I laughed. My wife and I were out to eat. And and my wife goes, Craig, what's CYC? I said, that's Challenge Youth Conference. She goes, I said, where did you hear that? Where did that just come from? She goes, the people over there at the table were talking about it. I looked over and went, hey, Molly, is a person I've known for 15 years, I only know where she goes to church, but she worships somewhere in in this area. And she's like, you know them? Yes. We speak the same language. We have the same stuff. CYC is its own code. I, I get it. And I look over and I'm looking over and saying, wow, great, there's a sister in Christ and her mom is also a sister in Christ with a really neat day. But when we look around today, can I promise you, you're going to see people who are lost and hurting. And the question is, what are we as God's people here at the Mount Juliet Church going to do about that? What we've been called to do is to love like Jesus. And when people think of this congregation, we want to think of a group of people who come together in the name of Jesus to go out and to do his work. And it's important that each one of us know what our holy discontent is. In other words, what is it that bothers us so much that we want to make a difference there? Can I tell you, it'll be different for all of us. There are people here who, uh, I know that there are some incredible works going on. There are those people here who sew dresses for people in another country. Why? Because that's something you can do, but also you can't bear the thought of someone not having the clothing they need. There are those here who, who travel to different parts of the, the U.S. and the world to do mission work because that is what they need. There, there are those here who have chosen to do what? to foster and adopt and do different things because there's a, a thing inside. You want to make sure you show the compassion and show the love that's been shown towards you. I think it's important for all of us to to know and to learn what that discontent is inside of us that we want to make a difference in and to do that. That's why for the past couple of weeks, I've preached on certain things. One, the things that we can remember being a lamp, a lifeboat, or a ladder. Why is it people need light because they need to be able to see the light comes from God's people, light comes from God, the light comes from his word for us to show them that. We need people who, there are people who need lifeboats, who need saving. They need to know who Jesus is. They need to come to him and and be a ladder. There are people who need encouragement. And all that should come from us, not because we leave here and go, you know what, it, It's we're just going to be this, this, and this. It's because we have compassion on those. We know what it's like to be in the dark. We know what it's like to need saving. We know what it's like to be incur- to need encouraging. And because God has done that for us, we want to do that for others. And we want to make a difference. Last week we talked about compassion inside the congregation. That we ABC that we do we make sure we look over and show people attention that we create belonging and and we give care. Why? Because it's an easy thing to memorize? No, because we as God's people understand that that we need attention too, that we need to be a part of the group and that we're going to need care. And because of that compassion that we have, that understanding, that hurt, we want to show that to other people. I laughed the other night. I'm not going to call them out. uh, But there was somebody, I believe it was either Sunday night or Wednesday night, and it was somebody, I believe, that may have been visiting with us, and, and uh, one person leaned over to the other and said, hey, that person needs A, B, C, and over there, you need to go. Why? Because they were thinking about that, thinking about, hey, make sure that person knows that they're loved and cared for here. Make sure they know that there are people here who love them. Make sure they, they, they know that there are people here who care. And the thing is, when the world is going the way it is, we have to ask the question, what are we going to do to make it better? What we have to do to make it better is love differently than everyone else. This new and quality commandment, let us be people who are known for loving the way Christ loved us. See, there's different kinds of love. There's Christmas card love. Who's on your Christmas card list? Probably whoever sends you a card. It starts out, you may send out a bunch But after a while, it's who sends you, and you get this reciprocation thing. And and so we could just love people that love us, but that's not what we're called to do. We're called to love people who may not even know who we are. We're called to love people as Christ did, and that is a higher standard. And what that takes for us is going to mean that we have to have eyes that look for those who are hurting eyes that can see those who are hurting. We have to have hearts that are that are willing to do what? That are willing to be broken, that they will be touched by the situations we see in this world. We're going to have to have feet that are ready to go and ready to move. We're going to have to have hands that are ready to get dirty and serve. We're going to have to have a voice that's willing to tell people words of love and tell people words about Jesus and help people to be uplifted, to help people be comforted, to help people at times be corrected. But all this must come, as Jesus did, from a place of care and compassion. To love as Jesus did, I think, is one of the most challenging things there is. I think it's one of the greatest challenges there is, but with any great challenge, I I believe there's a great payoff. What, what will it do? One, for us to love people like he does will help us and to deal with selfishness like we've never done it before. When we love as Jesus did, we, we, we run it, we run our own selfishness, selfishness away from us because we have to love selflessly. Two, when people are loved the way Jesus loved them, wow people can react and respond and come to him and know him. We can make a difference that that makes a difference for for all time to help make an eternal difference. We can help people see that Jesus is alive and well and on this earth today, not because we have the ability to go out and do miracles, because we do not, but we have the ability. We may not can feed 5,000, but we may can feed one. We may not can, can go out and put our hands on somebody and heal them, but we can let them know they're loved and we can pray for them. I think it's important for us to love as Jesus did and watch the difference it makes in this world. I think it can be incredible. This morning, can we help you to walk closer with him? I hope you know that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine, and today would be a perfect day for you to be baptized into Christ, for you to come to Him, for you to show, uh, for you to know how much He loves you and cares for you. Today would be an awesome day for that to happen. Or today you may want this church family to pray for you, and we would love to do that.